we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study. For June 26, 2019, two more reports to get through. The first one, and again, this is dovetailing with the last study I did, does America's next civil war begin in Oregon? Governor Kate Brown orders state police to round up Republican lawmakers at gunpoint. I mean, this is insanity level stuff here. Oregon militias supporting the GOP um, carbon credit standoff. They're not supporting the carbon credits, but they're supporting the standoff. Uh, And Capitol is closed for safety. This story is getting very little coverage in the legacy media for obvious reasons. Just like California, Oregon has gone full authoritarian in trying to force its fake science climate change agenda on everyone. Uh, Over the last few days, Oregon's governor, Kate Brown, has ordered the gunpoint rounding up of Republican lawmakers in order to force a vote on climate change cap and trade scheme HB 2020 that only enriches corrupt democratic insiders and that's why they're so mad because they're not going to get they're not going to get their payday if these republicans don't turn up and vote uh, as bigleaguepolitics.com reports the Oregon 3%ers appear to be in, getting involved to protect citizens of Oregon from the authoritarian tyranny of the corrupt democrats the Oregon 3%ers who participated in the armed takeover of a wildlife refuge in 2016 was one of many groups to support the Republican legislators' defiance. Apparently, this, along with the support for legislators by the other right-wing groups, was unsettling to law enforcement. The state capitol was closed Saturday due to a possible militia threat, according to a spokesperson for the Senate President, Peter Courtney. Wall Street Journal on Thursday um, reported the three percenters a group that joined the armed takeover in the mauer national wildlife refuge in 2016 so they've always got to demonize them okay said it would do whatever it was necessary to keep republican senators safe which is like that's a horrible thing because you can't do that the republican senators said they would not accept the group's help so you know whatever The real threat in Oregon, of course, is the tyrannical governor and her authoritarian Democrat jack-booted thugs, Oregon State Police, who are now hunting down Republican lawmakers at gunpoint in order to shove their destructive law through the legislature. As the National Sentinel reports, raising the cost of production and doing business will have predictable effects. Loss of jobs, loss of revenue, higher prices, higher energy costs, and for... They just want to hyperinflate everything and, and just make it totally unfeasible for Americans to even survive, live, have a job, be able to survive in this economy. That's what they want to bring. And this is a big way they would do that if they were able to implement this. Uh, let's see here. Loss of jobs, loss of revenue, higher prices, higher energy costs. And for some in Oregon, farmers, truck drivers, loggers, the law would decimate their industries. And worse, there is no real consensus that human activity is causing the climate change. It's not at all. The, the, any, any climate change that you're actually seeing is from man-made stuff regarding all the stuff they're doing, like Fukushima, like chemtrailing us constantly, like using the next rad Doppler ultrasounds to totally modify the weather in, with the chemtrails, those blast wave accelerators, all the other stuff that they're using in order to modify the weather. And, but to see, they want to blame it on climate change when they're the ones that are creating every bit of it. Um, 
but in fact the less predictions of doom and gloom are routinely debunked by reality because climate change is so easy and as far as global warming is so easily debunked in particular republicans say that gas prices alone would rise 22 cents a gallon almost immediately if this if this happened and much more over the long haul and all these or all these corrupt uh, democrat uh, legislators are going to get rich over it does the oregon's citizens militia have a duty to arrest governor kate brown it all begs the question if the radical left-wing governor of oregon is willing to dispatch armed hunting squads to round up republican lawmakers at gunpoint don't the citizens of oregon have the right and possibly the duty to arrest governor kate brown and charge her with abuse of power and making threats of violence against the lawmakers you just see how close we are here Dispatching armed police to round up your political opponents is surely a crime. It is a crime that will be tolerated by the but it, is it a crime that will be tolerated by the citizens of Oregon? The state police superintendent just informed the Senate president of a credible threat from militia groups coming to the Capitol tomorrow, reads a text message sent out to senators on Friday. The superintendent strongly recommends that no one come to the Capitol. It is unclear what the threats were as the state's democratic leadership did not provide evidence of their claim well they're not they're just going to demonize and demonize and that's all they're going to really be able to rely upon the bill hb 2020 would make oregon the second state in the country to set up a cap and trade system for all sectors of the economy california was the first after passing a similar bill in 2016 democrats had scheduled a vote on the bill um thursday for the bill but all 11 republic republican senators fled the state God bless them. Wow, you don't see that happening very much. At least 20 senators must be present for a quorum. So Democrats needed at least two Republicans present to hold a vote. Wow. I mean, we're seeing just unprecedented things here going on now in politics as well. After Governor Brown authorized state police to hunt down and wrangle the absentee GOP lawmakers, Senator Brian Boquist, listen to this. This is unbelievable. Senator Brian Boquist, Republican, he was one of the ones that fled, said he was prepared for a bloody standoff if state troopers show up. Warning to these state troopers, send bachelors and come heavily armed. I'm not going to be a political prisoner in the state of Oregon. It's just that simple. I mean, don't, don't send family man because I'm going to kill these guys. This is from a senator. I'm like, I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone. When have you ever seen a senator make a threat like that? And willing to stick to his guns like that? Literally. The 11 senators are also being hit with a $500 a day fine for each day they refuse to show up for the vote. Here's a senator that Brian Boquist. They say they won't come back until Democrats agree to a major changes in the bill, which would have, have argued the bill, which they argue would cripple manufacturing and other industries of the state. Honestly, these 11 that, that have fled the state sound like true patriots to me. I know I demonize politicians a lot, but I mean, these guys sound like true patriots. I, I mean, I don't know what else to think. Maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, wow, that's unbelievable. This bill needs to be referred to voters due to its profound impact on Oregon's economy, said Republican Senate leader 
uh, Senator Herman Barschlager Jr. speaking by phone from outside of the state. Senator Michael Dembrow, one of the Democratic architects of the bill, said manufacturers had already been given major exemptions under the bill and that Republicans were only stalling to kill the bill. And this is their this is their approach. This is what they're saying. He said, and you know the Democrats are, are just pure evil. He said the Democrats resolved resolve had been strengthened by the Republicans' flight from the state. The last thing we can do is make this kind of behavior the norm because it will happen every session, Mr. Dembro said and told Wall Street Journal. Democratic legislators say they will return to the Senate floor Sunday, whether or not the Republicans had returned. Oh, wow. It's like everywhere I'm turning, we're on this razor's edge that it just seems like all it would take is a little puff of wind to push it over, to push over the big house of cards. I've never seen anything like it in my life, where we're at right now. Okay, so the last report here is millions more legals and paramilitary troops will soon be here red dawn is taking shape i'm gonna play this uh about 38 minute clip here and then i'm gonna read a little bit more and then we're, we're done for today there's tons more i could actually cover but i really wanted to if i do a report in the middle of the week it's going to be about things that could happen so quickly that if i wait to the end of the week it it's probably going to be old news or it's probably going to maybe be too late you'll, you'll already know and i want to give you that heads up first if i can do that for you so this is a, from Dave Hodges and Kathy Rubio, another report from them. As you know, Kathy Rubio is no stranger to our audience. She is our Central American expert. She has been to some of the places firsthand and has reported from these places firsthand. So this is eyewitness. This isn't I heard somebody told me. It's good data. Kathy, thank you for being, being with us. And I have to tell you, this is very disturbing information. I did a report last week, and I just want to set the tone like this. I did a report last week. I said, I'm getting word out of Honduras that there's there's a revolution that's brewing. And I had gotten it from a couple of sources, but the information was a little nonspecific. I knew that they were forcing young men, young boys, into divergent sides in a potential civil war. Now remember, this thing about the Honduras, that's one thing. But the reason I'm playing this is how this is going to probably end up affecting America. Because it's happening there on purpose, by design, in order for it to ultimately spill over into America and affect America. But I didn't have a whole lot more. I have a whole lot more that I came across in the last day. I was actually preparing a podcast when Kathy contacted me on this very issue. And Kathy said, well, there's a lot more than that. And she went through a few things. I don't even know the full extent of what she's going to be reporting. But YouTube demonetized my Honduras video immediately until a PBS report came out. And on that very day, all of a sudden, the video was remonetized. It just shows you the mainstream media control that they want to be in charge of what you see, what you hear, and what you think. Kathy, again, thanks for being with us. Where do we start with this breaking story? Well, I think we're going to start where we left off when I was on last week. And we were talking about how they're emptying out the prisons. And they have pre-militarily trained these prisoners in the prisons. So when they're coming out, they're trained. 
and they're trained to do land grabs, which is part of what is going on here. They're creating a revolution, and that revolution looks a lot like what happened in the Chiapas, where they went door to door. These are the gang members now. And all the gangs are working together. They're all doing this together. And what they're going to do is create a scenario where each, the people will be killing each other. They will actually be fighting each other by the time they get through with this revolution. Yes. Some of the things that have been going on down there, they have attacked the American embassy. Uh, they set fire to the front of the American embassy. They set fire to the front of the White House down there in Tegucigalpa. They are blocking all main roads going into the capital, so there's no way to get there. And they did all of this by, by following the teachers and the doctors who were going on strike, which they do every year. Uh, and they used that situation to blow all of this out of proportion. They acted as if they were Antifa here, and they incited these riots everywhere. They're going door to door. They're taking the young men by force, and they're raping the young girls. They are killing the husbands of the household. Of course. So they're leaving these families stripped of nothing. Then they're going What's the in, motivation, Kathy, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what, are, what is the motivation for murdering the husbands? Because they're, when the wife can no longer pay the bills, they're going in and taking the land. Hmm. And you're talking about paying and, the bills. And I, not I, only that, but I mean, you, you take the husband away, you take any kind of real protective factor you're you're leaving them in the most vulnerable position possible. They're gonna most likely capitulate and do whatever it takes in order to just survive. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's that's why. This is where we need to bring up a term that most people aren't going to be familiar with. It's called the war tax. And what I have learned from my DEA sources, a war tax is basically saying, well, there's a revolution and you got to pay to be protected. It takes everyone contributing. So you have a war tax on your house and every person in it and all your goods. And if you can't pay the war tax, you end up six feet under. That's is that right. Your, is that your understanding as well? Uh, yeah, that's right. And then what's and happening with these people is one day MS-13 shows up, war tax. Next day, 18th Street Gang shows up, war tax. So people will have even more than one war tax on their house. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the, and who is getting the money for the war tax is the government of Honduras. That money is paid from the gangs to the government of Honduras. So it's gang tribute to get the government to leave them alone? No. The, the government, the new president down there wants communism in. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing everything he can to get that done. And the people are trying to get him out, but it just isn't working. So he is the one that's paying the gangs. Now, who's paying him? Well, I, I believe that's George Soros oh, and the Cold Brothers. I was just going to say that. 
when you, yeah. I was prepared to ask a question. I didn't realize it was rhetorical. And you're exactly right. I have been told it is Soros' interests. Yeah. Yes. And and the Koch brothers, they're in on this too. Yes. And um, shall I say the Koch brothers who have destroyed Colorado? Same Koch brothers. Same ones. Same ones that uh, came from Minnesota. <laughs> and they own the refinery up here. By the way, refineries, we can look for the refineries to be bombed over and over and over again in the United States. These bombings, these explosions are not happening by accident. So I haven't been keep. I know there was one of them the other night and they're just, they're downplaying it. You're not seeing it in the mainstream news, but these refineries are starting to be bombed. And she's saying the, the, these are the Iranian sleeper cells that are being activated. And remember, our government is sanctioning this stuff. They're, they're the, the, the dark factions of our government sanctioning this. And they're the ones that control the news cycle. They're the ones that control, you know, the lamestream prostitute media. So they're going to they're going to downplay these. You're not going to hear them unless it's like a local thing. They're just going to say, oh, it's some whatever. No, this is actually probably these these Iranian sleeper cells already starting to get cranked up. This is being done. And I think it's being done as part of false flags by the Muslims. The jihad is part Explain, of the jihad. What, are the, what do they have to gain by doing this? Remember that the Muslims, years ago, when they started coming in here, they started, they made a manifesto. And um, I can't remember that lady's name. I listened to the manifesto tonight. And the manifesto says that they would uh, claim jihad on the United States when they were ready, and they will take us from within. Uh, on the manifesto, it, it named several different ways that they were going to do it. And, you know, I, I just told you what I think is going on here. Because I went to uh, Walmart over in a town about 12 miles from me. I don't want to say where that is right now. And um, that is a town that has been taken over by all Muslims. Most of the white people, and I was raised in that town, they've moved out of there. And it was almost all Muslim. Now, I'm pretty sure she lives in Minnesota, which is, you know, Michigan, Minnesota, ground zero for some of the worst Muslim invasion that you've seen. A lot of it thanks to Obama, but I'm sure that's probably continued under Trump and under the guise of them bringing them in under the cover of night and, you know. Uh, having these Christian, uh, the Catholic Christian charities and Lutheran and all these other ones bring them in and resettle them. And again, it's it's being done on purpose by design because they're being pre-positioned. It's like pre-positioning your death troops ahead of time before they're activated. However, when I went there last week to shop... I didn't see one Muslim in the street. I didn't see one Muslim in the Walmart working. I didn't see them in the Goodwill working. I didn't see them in the Perkins working. I didn't see them anywhere we went. Wow. It was all white people working. 
which I have to say was kind of nice to see, but that happens that happened like overnight. That, that happened so fast I couldn't believe it. And the, and for us to not see one Muslim not walking in the street, nothing. No, no, that was so eerie when I went through there. I said, I said to my friend, they're gathering for retaliation, these guys. That's exactly what I just said. All this stuff, I mean, they've got networks. And all the stuff that Iran is saying, I mean, they're ready to go to war. They want to go to war. They've wanted this for a long time. These Iranian sleeper cells are getting ready and all the other sleeper cells. It appears, now maybe... Maybe this is wrong, but it appears as though they're pulling back and they're actually going into um, full war mode. They're getting off the streets. They're doing whatever, whatever it takes, preparing for the battle, preparing to be unleashed. They're actually gearing up because they know what's actually coming, whereas the, the average American has no clue. Now, again, we could be wrong, but that is a weird thing that she's describing. When you have a whole town that's been taken over by Muslims and you go there and it's just inundated with them. And then you go back, you know, now with all this war talk with Iran going on and all of a sudden they're all gone. They're not all gone. That's the thing, though. Yeah. What makes you think that? It, It almost sounds like before a tsunami you know the water kind of bottoms out in a bay and it goes out to ocean before it comes back at great heights and strength and does its devastation that's what you're kind of describing but what's the first thing that happened dave i listen i'm not doubting what you're saying It, it just the first thing that happened was the blow up of the refinery yes yeah. It, where, wherever that was. In Texas. That was the, the very next day after the leak comes out that Trump is going to do this. Well, this is information I have, too, about the Trump deep. See, this is all tied to Iran. Okay. The Iranian sleeper cells. And that's what I was telling you about this whole thing with World War III and Iran. When this goes hot, most likely the same day, all those sleeper cells are going to be activated across America. I mean, you want maximum shock and awe, that's the best way to do it. And then what's what's the best way to get us into martial law? That. Then can you imagine if they're releasing biologicals at the same time and then all the other... Well, then it gives them the excuse to bring out the Russian and the Chinese and all of these other paramilitary troops that are coming up here, all the worst of the worst that they're training in the jails to put on the blue, light blue, UN peacekeeper helmets, like they're the good guys, and go and bring order, which is the last thing they're going to be doing. They will be death squads. It will be a total facade. I hope I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But to me, it's becoming more and more obvious. If you were Satan, isn't this what you would be doing from a satanic standpoint? And waiting until the last possible minute and, and totally ill-informing and not preparing the American public so that they'll be hit. Like, it'll be like getting hit with a sledgehammer when all this happens. They won't have a clue. I think that's what you're referencing here. Yes. His plans to deport. Um, in consultation with one of my better sources who's been on top of this and told me this had been seriously discussed as long as six months ago. 
and now Trump is acting on it. This is quid pro quo. This is what I was told, is that if, if the globalists are going to create a situation in Honduras to create legitimate asylum seekers, which they are, they're murdering families, and entire right. villages got to leave, you know, by our law, they're allowed to come in because they're true asylum seekers. But Trump realized this is a manufactured situation, and he's trying to block this. So what he's going to do, you send us a million, we're sending out a million. Uh, unfortunately, he's been undermined by McCullen, <clears throat> excuse me, his uh, DHS. See, Dave's still drinking the Kool-Aid on Trump. Send out a million. He was, he was only going to go after like 2,000 families. Yes, we've, we've gotten way more than a million this year already, and they're still pouring over the border. And he is the one that incentivized it all. I keep emailing him this stuff, and it's like he doesn't want to look at it. You know? I'm like, Dave, this is all the legislation that Trump either will not either take away or he signed to make this all happen he is the one that's incentivized this he is working with george soros they're the ones posting the the flyers and the commercials down there saying come they're the ones that are destabilizing central america and these other countries in order to force them all these people north they're the ones that are training these things trump is not innocent in this okay he wants to talk tough i'm gonna and then he didn't even do that I'm going to go, no, well, okay, well, I, maybe we can work with Democrats. Yeah, like that's going to happen. So he, so he called off the ICE raids. It's, it's all lies from this guy. He's a habitual, pathological, sociopathic liar. So I don't trust anything. So bear, bear in mind, you know, they're still kind of sipping on the Trump Kool-Aid. And, and I'm not. I'm, I'm, I have no more illusions about Trump. Judas, acting director of DHS, and this yes. man leaked the location and times of the ice raids. And so Trump had all this is by design. It's all theater. It's all theater to benefit the Trump's base to say, look, he's really trying. And look at how much the left is against him. It's the DHS guy's fault or it's or it's their fault. It's never Trump's fault. He tried. He's not trying to do anything. He's trying to play his part in this whole thing and bring in the New World Order and the Antichrist and the false prophet. And Antichrist might even be his son-in-law. Pull back from doing this and delay it. Uh, this guy, uh, the acting DHS director, should be in prison for sedition. Oh, but uh, Kathy, that's my understanding about what this is. It's a, it's a, it's a flip flop. You give us a million, we're sending a million out. Is that your oh, understanding please. as well? Yeah. But we're not sending a million out. We're not going to send anybody out. We're like I said, he canceled even those raids for two thousand families. When you're letting ten thousand per day in one sector, according to to some certain people in border patrol in texas ten thousand a day in one sector and the border's a big place it's window dressing it's purely being put out there to appease his base and i think that um he had a plan and he didn't tell everybody his whole plan but I think part of his plan was that as he was deporting him, he was just going to send him right back through Mexico again. They got to find their own way back. And that's what I would have done if I was him, because we don't have the money to deport. You got here that way, you get back there. Well, I've said that all along. You don't, you don't let him in the country. You, you repulse them at the border. Or if they're caught inland, you take them right back to the border and say, no, you, you get out of here. You go back. You find your way back and you guard the border, and you actually build a wall that matters, and you get rid of all the underground tunnels going underneath the walls. 
a lot of which our governments put there, unfortunately, the black part of our government. That's what you do, okay? You end all the incentives for them to come here. You disincentivize. You actually start going after these people. You know, you actually start doing raids where you're, where you're going after these people and getting them out of the country and this type of stuff. You stop giving them all of these benefits that they're being given and all of these rights and privileges that they don't deserve. They're here illegally. Bottom line. I understand the children are, that, that are coming here and, and, and the ones that are brought here like in sex slavery. I mean, I have nothing but compassion for them. But I'm talking by and large. This is such a fallacy and such a joke of what's going on here. Be so easy to, to turn this the other way. But it's not going to happen because he's in on it. Trump is in on it. He's one of the main architects. They've accomplished far more under him regarding this border issue than they would have probably ever done under Hillary. Because we probably would have had our militia on the border the moment she got elected. Or a lot of a, a much higher presence. Way. However, you realize that he forced Mexico to put soldiers, 6,000 soldiers, on that Guatemalan border. That was going to make it hard. More window dressing. For everybody to get through. Oh, they would have been caught right on that border. So rather than to but have... They couldn't, they couldn't repulse any of them either, the 6,000 troops. They just, they're just weak as kittens. That happened. They pre pre-prepared these gang members militarily all this time they're getting them ready and I believe that this is the last and final group at least from Honduras mm -hmm. that's going to be ready to go and this is the, the gang of gangs this is the worst of the worst yeah, that's what they want and I believe they will go up armed and this is going to be a bloodbath. What I was told, I actually addressed that. Um, and uh, I was told that with some of these immigrants that are coming here, that they're not coming with arms, but they're going to be united with arms caches. Yeah. That are pre Caches. Yes. They're, they're, they, a lot of times they're coming over the border acting like they're, you know, just illegal aliens just seeking asylum and when they get here they rendezvous with whoever they're supposed to rendezvous with and then they're taken to the weapons caches and then they're armed up and trained up and all these other things it's they don't have to bring the weapons across the border and again that would be george soros and the new world order boys and and these types and again trump's in on all of this at this point i don't believe he's not i believe that both sides democrat republican to a large extent, are in this. I'm not saying every single one, but I'm saying by and large, overall, the fix is in. This is what they've planned for America. America is really the last domino that's got to fall. And if they can have World War III and, and knock off America in one fell swoop, well, then they've killed two birds with one stone. Well, I can believe that. Because you have the Cubans coming in, you have the Russians down there, you have everybody working in there. Africans. Yeah. Ebola-ridden Africans. Yep. Yeah. Well, and and we have 39 quarantine centers set up now. So when they do come in here, if they manage to get in, they have to go into the quarantine center for 21 days 
because it's a 21 day incubation period right. for Ebola. Oh, please on that. I mean, come on. We we've went over reports where they were they were checked at the border and released, and some of them were positive for Ebola. Even Dave Hodges reported on that. So I don't have any faith in that either. Not only that, the, the Ebola can live up for a year, uh, probably more than a year, in sequestered areas of the body. It's been proven. So she says six months, but no, it's over a year. And then they go out. Well, within that 21 days, most of them going in with children, we have a, a rule, 20 days. 20 days is the most that you can hold them. And I even heard that it was 11 days. I really don't know which it is. But they're not holding them long enough. They should be holding them until they deport them. Yeah, and exactly. Take them the heck they're, out of here. They're here illegally. Because what, you can hold the Ebola. Well, what, what is the insanity that we're in where we think that releasing them is, is like the lawful thing? To, they're here illegally. I couldn't go into Mexico and do this, or practically any other country on the planet, especially if I'm a, I'm a white guy. I'm the source of all evil on the planet. So I couldn't get away with any of this going to any country on the planet. But it's fine if you're illegal and you come here and, you know, it's all good. It's all, you know, and, and we're going to give you everything you could possibly ever. A roll full of hundreds. The Ebola ones coming from the Congo. Roll full of hundreds. And then they can... Break those hundreds into smaller bills and disperse them and, you know, possibly spread Ebola that way. In the irises of your eyes yep. for up to six months. A year. Before least. it activates. Well, there's another factor to consider here too, Kathy. I have um, 50 studies that indicate from probable to is true that Ebola can be transmitted through airborne means. Absolutely. And I'm talking journal-reviewed, peer-reviewed studies. Yep. Yep, I don't doubt that a bit. And if you take Ebola and scarlet fever and um, measles and dengue fever and you lay them side-by-side -side pictures of the rashes, they're exactly the same. So we are being told that these people are dying from measles, and you and I know that you don't die from measles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do we know what the heck they got in here? And today they named a new disease that we're supposed to be watching out for, which was a Crimean, Ebola Crimean something or other. Well, there are different strains of measles that I've had people tell me in the medical profession saying the vaccines we have for measles will not work on the current strain of measles because they're being brought in by immigrants. Well, because they're weaponizing them. What do they have to do when they come in that border down there in southern uh, Mexico? If they managed to get in, they all had to receive injections. They were going in there healthy. They were healthy enough to make it there. And they're coming out of there sick. What are they getting in them injections? I can only imagine. 
I don't know. Let's go back to good stuff. Uh, Honduras for a second here. In the um... goodness, one word, goodness. That's what they're getting in those injections. We know that goodness. If we could just break it down. The kidnapping of young boys out of their homes and the killing of their fathers and the raping of the women and taking women also, too. They're taking the young girls. I forgot to mention this, that uh, they are taking them out for sex trafficking means as well, yeah. putting them into bonding yeah, so yeah. as yep. well. Um, but this is also what I was told. I, I said, who is the brainchild of this? And I was asking my best source on this right now, which happens to be a DEA official. And he said to me, well, clearly it's the Soros people. And he said, no question about it. But he also said there is a heavy CIA involvement down here. Exactly. I met them all. I knew them all. They were at the embassy. They have an office at the embassy. Well, they would. CIA has an office in every embassy. Yeah. So I met the, the ones that were there, and I knew who they were. Well, just like the Iran-Contra affair, I understand that with regard to the Honduran factions of rebels, 18th Street Gang, MS-13, they're facilitating armed shipments to them, and that's a CIA operation. Mm -hmm. It's Fast and Furious Honduras style is what it is. Yeah. Yep. It's unbelievable. And they and where are you going to get your arms? Well, you steal them out of the house that you just took the kids out of. Because all Hondurans are pretty much armed. Well, I heard the rank and file is not. I carried. I carried every day that I was there. Hmm. Then I guess here, here's my question. Why aren't these families in these villages where these thugs come up to enact their kidnappings and murders, why aren't they being collectively opposed? I think they're just too scared. They get it when the women are there. And if they get lucky, they get the men there and they kill them right away. You know, when you see five gang members coming to your house, you're scared. You don't think you have a chance, so they don't, they're not shooting. Me? I'd be shooting. <laughs> when I saw the whites of their eyes, I'd be shooting. One of the things that tipped me off to the problems in that area were the media accounts in Central and South America. We weren't seeing any of that here. As I mentioned, my video on Honduras, the first one, was not remonetized until PBS put out a special on this and I thought well, same day. Same, well yeah it's, it's just it's not coincidental that happened that way um, but I, I guess here here's what I'm saying but let me back up here one of the reports I read and I think this was out of um, I want to say it was out of Peru and what they said was when they were interviewing some people in Honduras they, the young men were saying, we have a better chance of being murdered by gunfire than we do of getting jobs. Do you agree? That's, with Is that an over-exaggeration? No, that's the truth. Either that or you're going to get it with a machete, one or the other. Um, so where is this headed now? Okay, let, let's let's we've talked well, about a crisis that's unfolding here, and there's a lot of moving parts. Let's let's try to connect some dots here. When they're done reclaiming the land, because that's the goal of the government down there, then you'll see that last group come 
North. Okay, Kathy, just hold on a second here. It sounds like something's rubbing up against your microphone. I don't know. Oh. If yeah, I don't know if you have any control of that or not, but it's coming not through. Not really. really. Okay. All right. Yeah, there, there it is again, right there. Okay. Let me twist this. All right. Okay, so we'll make better? an equipment adjustment here. Yeah. This is live radio, folks. Um, <laughs> so we'll. Uh, what I want to do though is, is there are so many moving pieces right now. Um, one of the people that I read did mention what you said about the doctors and uh, the teachers going on strike. And they do every year. Yeah, but every how does year. that relate to this situation? I want to compare your answer to because what I Because I think that they, they took these people out of the prison and they tested them to see were they going to do what they were told to do. And they're acting like Antifa. They're going in and they are the ones starting the fires. They are the ones doing this whole mess. The teachers and the and the doctors aren't doing this. They're just marching for more money. Mm -hmm. But they took advantage of that situation, and they let them people out of prison. Okay, so that's all we have for today, and I'm going to try to get this up as soon as I can. Uh, God bless you, and Lord willing, we will see you in the next audio.